The new Lloyd Mr. Nissan is moving. We'll be temporarily relocating to the Big Blue Building on Highway 16 West, formerly known as Border City RV. And before we have to tediously move every single vehicle on the lot, we'd rather sell it. You can save today on our incredible Nissan lineup of cars, trucks, and SUVs. Move a new or pre-owned vehicle to your driveway with deep discounts. The moving out sale is on now at the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan. The new Lloyd Mr. Nissan. We won't sell you a car. We'll help you buy one. Local people. Local news and events. Local sports. Local matters. For all things Lloydminstern area, this is Live with Kurt Price. Welcome to the Lloydminster Sexual Assault Center. My name is Kurt Price, of course, with the new Lloydminster Nissan. And back at the new Lloydminster Nissan, the moving sale continues. And it's less than two weeks now until we move each car, truck, and SUV out to the big blue building on Highway 16 West that was formerly known as Border City RV. So it's getting very, very close. And we've had this moving sale going on for a while now. And we still need to move a lot more vehicles. So whether you're looking for new or pre-owned, come see us at the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan got some great deals going on right now plus at the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan do not pay for six months OAC uh, we really want to thank you for joining us here today at the Lloyd Mr. Sexual Assault Center uh, the Saskatchewan government has passed a bill that prevents third-party organizations connected to uh, sexual education from going into schools and that's where we're at today and so we're here at the sexual assault uh, center and we're going to be talking to Heather Sinfield about how they have been prevented from going into schools and really it's affected them from doing their job so we're going to talk more about that uh, coming up in just a moment uh, we were expecting tammy shoplin to join us yeah. as well she's sick and it's that time of year it so is. we totally understand that but uh, heather sinfield is the uh, community Community Initiatives Director. Director. Yep. So it's great to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, BioClean Disaster Services is one of our big supporters. They're also a big supporter of the Lloydminster Sexual they Assault sure Center. Are. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're looking for somebody with a testimony that has to do with um, fire, flood, or disaster, mostly I guess they seepage and, and mm -hmm. flood in, in your guys' basement. They do, yeah. It would be Jody. And I think you can attest to Jody's work and, of course, his uh, personality and his uh, workmanship and being local and all that kind of stuff as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. His whole team has been a dream to work with over the years and they have really brought our center to life with lots of their creativity and their renovations yeah you feel like they put you first I think they do yes yeah. <laughs> very much so that's what every every time I talk to anybody they always say feel like when I talk to them about Jody, they always yeah. say, you just feel like we were really, really important. So, yes. Clean Disaster Services serves Lloydminster, Wainwright, Bonneville, Cold Lake, and surrounding area. And they take a lot of pride in that, as they should. Clean Disaster Services, their focus is truly on taking care of you and your family. 1-833-246-8326. Well, just a couple of things to uh, talk about today. The Festival of Trees is just around the corner. And Cookies and Carols will kick off this Saturday at the Gold Horse Casino. Cookies and Carols runs from 1 to 3 p.m. 
p.m. and admission is just by donation. Kids can visit with Santa Claus. They can make a wooden tree craft. They can listen to a choir, enjoy some cookies, and of course, see the beautiful trees that are all set up for Festival of Trees later next week. Uh, go to friendsofweaverpark.ca if you'd like more information. Lloyd, Mr. Bobcats are hosting a daddy-daughter happily ever after dance with some Disney princesses. Saturday, November 26th, the dance runs from 1 to 4 at the Civic Center. Features a DJ to dance to. There's a candy bar, which the kids will absolutely love. Sandwiches, Disney-themed drinks, Disney cookies. The tickets are $100 per pair, with additional tickets available for $45. Find the link to purchase tickets at LloydMrBobcats.ca. You can also find it on their Facebook page. And it's that time of year again, the 35th annual Lloyd Mr. Christmas Craft Fair and Chamber Expo is back this weekend. Beginning Friday at the Lloyd Mr. Exhibition, it is the largest Christmas market in the Midwest. And this year, you can actually pre-purchase tickets so you can skip the line. We'll find out more on this on Thursday. Uh, the Lloyd Mr. Chamber of Commerce, I believe Terry Lynn Mackey, is going to join us. And from the Christmas Craft Fair, Alice Patterson will uh, join us. Is it Patterson? I feel like him. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, PBR Winter Classic returns to the Lloydminster Exhibition on November the 25th. That's a 7 p.m. performance. Uh, tickets are on sale now for both the Winter Classic and the, not only Cowboys and Bulls, but the uh, Cabaret afterwards, which features Bud's Busted Nine Irons. For tickets, go to LloydX.com. And speaking of the Lloydminster Exhibition, of course, uh, their Chase the Ace draw uh, happens tomorrow night with no winner last week. So 43 cards remaining in the deck and a jackpot that is well over $40,000. And tickets just $10 each. Or you can purchase packages that improve those odds as well. Purchase your tickets at LloydX.com. You can e-transfer with the password CTA2023 to Chase the Ace at LloydX.com. Include your name, your email, your telephone number, or just stop in at the Lloydminster Exhibition office and see them. And tickets are now on sale for the 50th anniversary of the Lloydminster Ukrainian Cultural Association of Malanka Dancers Dine and Dance, which is coming up in January, on January the 13th. Tickets are $75, cash only, purchased at Mary Brown's, and you can go to either Mary Brown location here in Lloydminster. They're $35 for kids 12 and under. The evening features a Ukrainian meal, which is always terrific, silent auction, 50-50, midnight lunch, and the dance uh, featuring millennia. Nine. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll get the details uh, from Heather Sinclair about what is happening with third parties going into schools in Saskatchewan and how it has affected the Sexual Assault Centre and Sexual Assault Services. At Lloydminster and District Co-op, membership matters more. Because being part of a co-op means you're connected to something bigger than yourself. From long-held legacy by those who built our communities to people you call family, friends, and neighbors. When you're a Lloyd Co-op member, you're an owner in a local business that prides itself on purpose alongside profit. You earn cash back, you help support causes that matter most, and you're building a better way of life for the next generation. Membership matters more. I'm Brian Zinchuk of PipelineOnline.ca. I used to be a pipeliner and I've spent the last 15 years reporting on energy in Saskatchewan. PipelineOnline.ca provides comprehensive coverage of light oil, heavy oil, lithium, helium, power production including coal, wind, solar, geothermal, natural gas and nuclear. There's a lot happening in Saskatchewan's energy sector and PipelineOnline is there for all of it. No one else comes even close. 
It's more than just taxes at LNA CPA. Assurance, accounting, retirement planning, estate planning, business consulting, financial consulting, farm program support, and bookkeeping. But yes, there is always taxes. The team at LNA CPA is committed to helping you achieve your best results and will be there to assist you every step of the way. LNA CPA, with offices in Provost, Vermilion, and Lloydminster. Welcome back. I'm Kurt Price with the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan. Superior Water is proud to provide you with the purest drinking water possible. I drink it because I like the taste. I believe it is superior to anyone else's water. I think it's the best water in Lloyd Minster. And at just $3 a jug, you get a consistent taste. And don't forget, if you like Crown Royal like I do, uh, the ice for that Crown Royal is just $2 a bag. And they have two locations in Lloyd Minster. Visit them beside Sheepskin Loft on 57th Avenue. And if you need help with the big blue jugs, you won't need it. Or, of course, you can help yourself with their coin-operated location right beside 7-Eleven, just off Highway 17 South. And Superior Water, water is what they do, and they do it well. I want to reintroduce my guest because I messed up her name. I said Heather Sinclair. It's Heather Sinfield. So thank you for being here. And thank you for the invitation to be here um really had a conversation with you and tammy the other day and yeah. kind of opened my eyes to what's you know going on mm -hmm. with uh, third parties going into um into schools yeah. and i have to admit that i had no idea that it affected the lloyd mr sexual assault services so um where to begin let's begin mm -hmm. with uh, you guys get the announcement that uh, third party sexual education mm -hmm. can't go into schools in saskatchewan yeah, so I just I want to thank you for being here and taking the time on Monday for touring our center because that is a huge piece of even just awareness and understanding about the programs and services that LSAS provides. Uh, so when we found out when the ban was taking place from the government of Saskatchewan, what that meant was that our education programs on consent, body science, relationships, um, uh, social media, um, those kinds of things, sexual harassment, sexual exploitation, presentations that we've done for, for well over 15 years, uh, we weren't allowed to do those in schools for um, elementary schools or high schools anymore. Um, so this is a significant piece of our programs and services. We have multiple programs and services at LSAS, but education and awareness is kind of an entry point for some families when they start to first hear, hey, we exist, A. Eh? Um, and what some of these topics mean. So talking about consent, talking about harassment, exploitation, child sexual abuse are really uncomfortable conversations to have. Um, and so we've spent a lot of time over the years really cultivating and researching our programs to make sure that they are age appropriate, that whatever age group we're working with, they can understand their tangible pieces of information that they can take home and really utilize. Um, so when the Saskatchewan government made that decision, it's, it's impacted our programming immensely. Our educator cannot go into schools as of right now um, on any of those topics. Um, and so we're kind of at a standstill with it. So you can go into Alberta schools? We can as long as they're outside of the Lloydminster right. um, school divisions. Yes. Right. So yeah. Wainwright. Yeah, Wainwright, you guys, Kitscotty. I, I don't think people realize how big of area you guys serve. No, we serve a 200-kilometer radius area into both provinces. So we And we are funded by both Alberta and Saskatchewan governments uh, and different ministries and that sort of thing. So as far north as, as Onion Lake, um, as far south into you know Wainwright, Provost, Chauvin area, 
um, and then over into Maidstone uh, Lashburn areas as well. Uh, Paradise Hill will go into as well and then up over to Vermilion too. So I, I don't want to fully go into what happened in Lumsden mm -hmm. that kind of initiated this mm -hmm. um, third parties going into schools. But I will say that what happened absolutely, it's it, for me, it was disgusting. Mm -hmm. Like I, I saw it and I, I thought, you know, so is it an overreaction? So like, do, I, do you look at it as an overreaction or or is it is it the Saskatchewan government saying we can't take a chance now? On you, this happening again. You know, that's a really great question, and um, I can't really speculate on what happened um, in that circumstance. I think there's a lot of stories going around about it. I think we don't know for sure what actually happened there as a community. We weren't there either. Um, what I can speak to is the value that we bring into into schools. Um, we are talking about, like I said, we spend a lot of time researching and testing a lot of our material and content. And we also heavily encourage parents and caregivers and educators to be aware of what we are offering students. So, you know, if I'm working with um, a kindergarten class, I'm not using terminology like child sexual abuse with that kindergarten class. I'm using definitions like okay and not okay touches and what that looks like in very age appropriate language. Um, and then giving them options. You know, if this, if someone does touches your, touch your private parts, these are some things that you can do. Who are some safe people that you can talk to? And we identify parents, aunties, grandparents, um, Uncles, teachers, coaches, you know, older brothers and sisters, those kinds of things are all really great people to talk to if something's happening. So um, is it an overreaction? I think, I, I don't know if I can speak to that. I do feel like it is heavily impacting organizations like sexual assault centers who rely on reaching the public and educating about these very sensitive issues. It's, it's a big impact for us, for sure. So one of the things we hear, and I hear a lot of people say this, is that's the teacher's job. Mm -hmm. That's that's for the teacher. What do you think when you to when do you hear sex that? education? Yeah, sex education or anything. I guess that third parties would be doing because it every, every third party has been eliminated. So it should all fall to the teacher, right? right? Would, so, does it all fall to the teacher? Or do things well, just I think go right by now, the wayside? I think it, right now the the expectation is a lot of this is coming to educators and. I really feel for our educators, there's a lot going on in school divisions right now, uh, large classrooms, um, there's just a lot with teachers and I'm not one but I fully respect them, my kids are in this school division as well um, and, and the work they do is incredibly important. What I have found over the years though is we have to have a certain level of experience and knowledge base when we're talking about things like sexual violence. And oftentimes when we go into the schools and we talk about consent um, or different kinds of touches or sexual harassment, we get disclosures. And what I mean by a disclosure is someone in that classroom is going to say, oh, that's happening to me. And so our facilitators are all professionally trained on how to navigate those disclosures in ways that reduce re-victimization, that ensures that that child or teenager is feeling heard and supported, and we are also following our provincial obligations to report any suspicions of abuse. Now, while teachers have some experience with all of those things, they are also doing all of the other teaching. And I don't think the responsibility of teaching consent education or about sexual violence should be on teachers when they have so much on their plates already. The other, I have a second answer to that, okay. too, is that 
these programs that we aren't doing are our most popular programs requested by teachers on a very regular basis. So they are reaching out to our educators and saying, you know, my, my educator's name is Shamil. Hey, Shamil, can you come in and talk to my grade seven class about relationships and consent? And then there's a follow up to that one relationships and social media. So they'll double book us right away. And that happens very, very consistently. And and if we think of COVID where we had to navigate, you know, not being in person and switching to virtual means, and then we're finally allowed to be in person again, we're just getting rolling. The teachers are having us come in and we can't anymore. So it's, it's like we took a few steps forward and now we're unable to do that very necessary education. So my mind's racing at a, a million miles an sure. hour now. I got a few questions. One of them is you made it very clear for me the other day, like you spelled it out by giving mm. me an example. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to do that. Which example? About the uh, the little girl and uh, the... Oh, the mashed potatoes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so like you, you spelled it out very clear to me as to what the difference is between a teacher doing it and... Uh, someone who's trained. Yeah, so it. this was years and years ago. I was a, I was a newer educator in the programming and, and I was teaching a young uh, kindergarten class and talking about, you know, again, age appropriate, okay, not okay touches. And, and I was talking, you know, no one, you know, where our private parts are and why they are private and no one can touch them. And this little girl had put up her hand and said, oh, well, my mom touched me there. And I said, oh, thank you so much for telling me. And so in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, here's a potential disclosure. And, and I should say, the, the year before COVID hit, we had 30 disclosures between K and grade three happen because of, during our presentation. So now we have to remember, now that we're not in doing these presentations, what's happening to those kids? They're not hearing this information. They're not disclosing to someone. So back to that story. Here I am thinking. We might go into that a little more. Though. We will have to, okay. yeah. So here I am thinking, okay, I've got 15 other kindergarten kids. So I have to pause. I have to acknowledge to this little girl, thank you so much for telling me. Is it okay if I finish this presentation? And then can you and I talk a little bit more about that? My intention in that moment is I want her to feel hurt. I don't want to dismiss what she's potentially telling me, but I also have to protect what's happening in that space. So finished my presentation. They are short and sweet at that age group, about half an hour is all they really need. Um, and so her and I stepped out and we chatted and she said, you know, um, I said, could you tell me a little bit more about what happened? And so notice the very open language that I used there. I didn't say, anything specific about her mother touching a specific body part. I was very open um, and that's crucial. We don't want to do leading questions or anything like that when we're responding to a disclosure. Um, and she said, well, we were, we were at a restaurant and my mashed potatoes spilt all over me and my, my mom touched my private parts. And I said, okay, and then what happened? She said, well, I was such a mess. She needed to clean me up. And I said, it really sounds like she did. And so immediately I knew this was mashed potatoes and not something that I needed to, to report. But because I didn't lead with anything that was... Um, potentially leading this child in a different direction. I knew how to do that really well. And so there are many teachers that are in our community that have taken our first responders workshops or other trainings that we offer and are equipped with some skills. But at the same time, not every parent and teacher is able to, to respond to these things in ways that reduce re-victimization. So having us in the schools is pretty crucial for some of that. Now, the other thing that when we were talking and my mind was going was mm -hmm. consent. And you talked a lot about consent the other day when I was here. Yes. Made me see it very simply. I don't know if you remember what you said because I, I don't. I, I just remember you, 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 you said it very simply, though, 
about consent and how teenagers sometimes don't realize what consent is. They really don't. Uh, when we go into uh, you know a high school classroom or a middle school classroom and we start talking about the ages of consent or the limitations, um, so for example, um, there are exceptions to the consent rule. So in Canada, anybody the age of 16 and older can consent to sexual activity with anybody. They can provide consent. Anybody under the age of 12 cannot consent to sexual activity. This makes sense to most of us. Um, 12 and 13 year olds can consent to sexual activity with someone no more than two years older than them. So 12 and 14 year olds, 13 year olds and 15. Um, and then 15 and 16-year-olds can consent to someone no more than five years. So 14, sorry, 14 and 15-year-olds can consent to someone no more than five years. Okay. So we start to go through these, and I'm, I'm doing them rather quickly, but it, it is on our website too. And I can see in the room all these little eyeballs going, what? This, what, does that, what does that mean for me? How does consent work? And um, these conversations are so powerful too because consent is more than just saying do you want to and getting a yes it's it's sobriety how you know is one or both people under the influence of some form of su of substance have we talked about health within this are we using protection are we not using protection have we talked about if i start to get uncomfortable i know how to speak up and i feel safe enough to speak up Consent is very broad in when we start to talk about it, um, and we need to have these conversations as children grow and mature. Because if I teach a bunch of grade seven, grade seven students today, they also need to hear it again when they're in grade nine, when they're in grade eleven, because their maturity levels and their lived experiences are different by those age groups too. One of the things that that shocked me in, in some of our conversation, mm -hmm. um, Heather, was about how much things have changed since I went to school. <laughs> like I know there's a lot of, there'll be a lot of parents that are my age mm -hmm. that have kids sure. that are probably just getting into sexual activities or, yep. and but things have changed so much that I think when we think about sexual education, we think of it the way we did when I was in, mm -hmm. when I was in high school and things have really, really changed, haven't they? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, it seems like kids are more active. It um, seems like there's more danger too with the use of technology. So technology, yeah, that's a whole nother rabbit's hole there, Kurt, but, <laughs> well, well, it, but it's it, part of it but too. But that's part of consent too. It is part of consent, you know, consent to sharing photos and, and that sort of thing as well, which, which we can get into. But I think one of the things to consider about why education has changed and where some discomfort might be is we do know a little bit more about sexual violence now than we did 30 years ago. Um, it's still a very taboo subject. It was incredibly swept under the rug before. Sexual violence is the most underreported crime that there is, so it's not talked about the way that it should be. And when we think of the prevalence rates, 54% of Albertans have experienced some form of sexual violence. So that's over half of us. Um, that is a lot of people to, to consider. Um, the other thing with, with consent education and, and being more active, and I, I want to comment on that because there was a study done in Ontario where if we treat sexual education or, or consent education as a concept of like a fire drill plan, right? So when we do that with grades kindergarten all the way to eight, grade 12, they're doing fire drills and they're learning how to do this in the prevention of. Um, if we talk about sex education, some people believe that it means that that will encourage 
sex to happen at an earlier onset. The study actually proved that it's the opposite. The more kids feel empowered with knowledge about consent, about harassment, about exploitation, about abuse, um, they actually delay their first sexual experience. So education is power when it comes to some with these topics. Well, I just wanted to, uh, the reason I wanted to talk about that was because mm -hmm. I do want people to realize that there is a difference between what what they think might be happening and what is happening. Does that make sense? How do you mean? Well, I think that people just automatically, like myself, think it's all about sexual education. Mm -hmm. It's just the sex ed, it's one, in, one hour a week, and that's, mm -hmm. the teacher can handle that. Mm -hmm. The teacher can handle the uh, ABCs of, of you know the birds and the bees, mm -hmm. right? But there's so much more to it. There, there is a lot Does more. Does that make sense? There, for sure, there is. And I, I think you know, as a parent myself too, I've done this education since day one with my kids. Um, whether it's talking about their private parts, whether it's they hear the term sexual abuse because I work at the sexual assault center, so this is not a taboo term in our home. Um, the more that we can teach kids language about their bodies, about autonomy, about consent-seeking behaviors, um, about responsibility and accountability, all of those things, they're more, they're likely to grow up with those as very foundational value systems. We want our children and youth to grow up and have healthy relationships. And in order to do that, we have to have these as ongoing conversations. Um, the thing with our programs too is we go into details specific to sexual violence and those kind of stepping stones to education within that. Um, whereas the curriculum for the Saskatchewan government, I haven't looked at it in a, in a couple of years now, so I don't know if there's been some shifts with it. Um, sex education in schools is a little bit more of the science side of things and we will bring in the emotional and the conversational and those sides of things to it too. Have you noticed a dip in disclosures because you can't go into schools? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, our numbers, our intakes remain very high. We have a wait list of over 180 individuals at this point waiting for services, and that ranges all ages. My concern is one of the benefits of having education and prevention work in the schools is that this might be the first time that a kid or a teenager or sometimes even an adult has heard that what's happening to them behind closed doors is not okay. So when Tammy and I get going with this and we do get emotional with this conversation is I'm sitting here thinking now how many kids need to hear that information this, this term, this year, this school year and aren't. And they are going home to more abuse happening or they're going to grandparents house or coach or whatever whoever is doing this and we have to consider the facts that 85 percent of sexual abuse that's perpetrated to a child is done by somebody that they know and trust and that's a very heavy statistic and within that 85 approximately 40 percent of them are perpetrated by parents and caregivers so when the government is saying you know to keep kids safe we're going to put this education back on parents and caregivers. What does that mean for the children and youth that are experiencing abuse by their parents and caregivers? Are those parents going to talk to them about consent? Are they going to talk to them about their, their bodies being amazing and private and personal just for them that they have choice and control? I'm very worried that that's what's not happening. Okay, just so everybody's clear, we're not talking about pronouns here. Like, no, no, that's not, not our that's, that's not, not our jurisdiction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, so at the same time, from an LSAS perspective, uh, and what we understand within sexual violence, 
members of our 2SLGBTQ plus community are 70% more likely to experience an act of sexual violence because of that social location of them being a sexual or gender minority group. So we do work here with members from that community and support them as best that we can. Um, the concern with that too is just the, the oppressive nature that that can bring into the mix um, and not discovering acceptance for, for all and LSAS really takes on that, that space of inclusion and acceptance. Is it, is it a case of we're not seeing more numbers now but if mm. we don't get to kids as earlier as possible we'll see more numbers in two, three years down the road? In terms of, of, of violence being perpetrated? Yes. Yeah. So that's a really interesting question. Some of the programs here that we do is we, we offer our sexual behavior program and our youth connection program. And so that's working with kids and teens who struggle with sexual offenses or sexual behavior concerns. So essentially that's them harming another child. Um, those numbers are, are quite high in our community and we, we have a significant caseload for that. And so if we're not teaching kids and in those formative early prevention types of years how to respect another person's body, then my concern is that sexual violence will continue to rise if we don't share that information with them. It's such a taboo topic. For Everything, sure it is. Like, like, and you talk about it so openly. Yes. I think it's important. 14 years, Kirk. Well, 14 years. <laughs> yeah, right? But, but it's important to know that the Sexual Assault Centre is open. Like, yes. if you want to learn more about what, they, what you do here, mm -hmm. it's very simple. It really is. And, and I think I'll go back to, to, I briefly touched on this before, but we, would, we love parents and caregivers to participate. Whether I'm working with a youth one-on-one -on -one or whether we're going into the schools and educating about body science or healthy friendships or relationships, we want parents to ask questions. We want them to come in and see some of the material that we do um, to learn for themselves, oh, this is what my child or my teenager is going to learn. Uh, one of my favorite programs here, I'm slightly biased because I was a big part of the research of it, is our Teaching Boundaries and Consent Workshop. This is strictly for parents and caregivers or those who work with kids and teens. It's a free workshop, six hours, you come in, you get a huge manual of resources and research and information on how to talk to kids about these really challenging topics in age-appropriate and informative ways. And we would love to see more of those workshops being requested and filled up um, if that's what parents want too, right? Is they want to learn this information and be able to take it home we have the resources to support that education. Well, if you'd like to see um, the sexual assault services get back into schools, or you'd like to have a say in this, we'll take a break and come back, and uh, Heather will talk about how you can help mm -hmm. in just a moment. At Jason Arden Associates Cooperators, we're proud to be a top-rated local insurance company that offers flexible solutions and expert advice for all your insurance and investment needs. We'll work with you to tailor your insurance specific to your needs, and we offer investment advice that always puts you first. At Cooperators, one of our core values is to support the communities we live in. When you support Jason Arden & Associates Cooperators, you are supporting local nonprofits and initiatives. Since 2020, we have donated 60,000 to local nonprofits, youth sponsorships, and various special projects. When was the last time your insurance company did that? How can you help support the oil and gas industry and jobs in Western Canada? The answer is closer than you think. Sell your scrap metals to PWM Steel. PWM sells scrap iron to Evraz, located in Regina. Evraz's number one customer is the energy sector, building pipes and plates for the oil and gas industry. 
PWM Steel is your locally owned metal recycler and steel service center in the area. Plus, they're a strong supporter of the community. PWM Steel, your top steel supplier for Alberta and Saskatchewan for 40 years. At Diamond 7 Meats, we work with local farm families to provide a high-quality product and a great selection for you. Try our mouth-watering Smokies, pulled pork, roast beef, and more. Made pure and natural with no additives or fillers. We offer custom processing, and our experienced team works for you to provide a selection of sausage, burgers, and jerkies made to your specifications. Take your grilling to the next level with a Yoder Smoker. Complete the grilling experience with a Canadian-made, award-winning line of House of Q barbecue sauces. We're locally owned and operated, and we look forward to seeing you today. Welcome back. Uh, I'm Kurt Price uh, with the new Lloyd Mr. Nissan, and uh, Heather Sinfield is the Community Initiatives Director with the Sexual Assault Services here in Lloyd Minster, and uh, having a very adult conversation today. We are. I, I don't have these very often. No, it's okay. <laughs> but I appreciate uh, you trying. You're doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you said trying. Okay. It's, but that's what we're all doing, right? We're yeah. all trying. I'm trying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the things that, that I thought about is, like, if a if a student is in danger, mm. um, Heather, mm -hmm. and we're talking about, you know, those warning signs, mm -hmm. like aren't there, like aren't there signs where where somebody's going to see that anyway? Like that's a I really appreciate that question, Kurt, because it it comes up a lot in some of our trainings that we we do with professionals too. Is like and as a parent too, um, I share this sentiment of I should know. I would know if something is happening to my child or children. I could pick up on that. And so common, let's just talk about common impacts and indicators of sexual abuse or our acting out, our, our withdrawal from, from family, from school, our overdressing, our dressing provocatively, um, uh, an increase in grades and dedication, a decrease in grades and, and dedication to school, different shifts in friends, substance use, self-harm. Uh, anxiety, depression, I could go on. There's a, there's a, a That's ton. That's a lot of signs, Heather. There's a ton of them. But if I said all of those about a child who's being bullied, they're all very relevant to that too. I could say those symptoms and signs for a child or a teenager whose parents are going through a separation or who just lost a loved one. Those are all signs of disruption and dysregulation in a child or a youth. We cannot predict that someone is experiencing sexual abuse. And, and the other thing too, we said this, this topic is so stigmatized. If my child is coming home and, and you know, they're grumpy, they're frustrated, they're having some depressive episodes, my mind probably isn't going to jump to they're experiencing sexual violence. My mind's going to be like, what's happening at school? Why are you so grumpy? Or hormones? Or, geez, you're growing into a teenager way too quick. Like that's what we don't jump to this so it's it's a very unpredictable sort of violence and i think that's what makes it really uncomfortable from a parent perspective is we want to know to protect and we might not have that answer so that's why this education is so critical because again we might not have the language in our homes Kids might not have the language to say, this is what's happening to me. They may not know that what's happening to them is wrong, especially if it's been going on for years and has been very normalized in the home. They can't say, oh, this is different. 
we go in, we talk about it, and they say, wait a second, this isn't okay, and they question what's happening for the first time. And that's the biggest piece. If, the, if anybody's going to take a message away from today is we have to think about these kids who are experiencing harm right now and aren't aware that there are, is someone that they can talk to about it. How often would you uh, go into a school? Like, are you, do you have to be invited in? by the teacher or do you have regular yeah kind of both ways so our educator will reach out usually in october and send you know packages and information about our programs and services to our regular contacts as well to new um, we'll spend time you know liaising with the administrators and other educators talking about what we are able to offer we have a lot of i'll say repeat customers that's not really the right word but um Lots of, of long-standing partnerships in both the Catholic and the public school division in Lloydminster where teachers routinely will call and say, can we get you in this semester? Can we get you in this year? Um, and when I think even at the tail end of, of this past school year when we started doing in-person presentations again, um, we were booking into the fall. So we had educators reaching out, you know, April, May, June. We were already fully booked until the end of June. And so we were booking into the fall, fall term and can't do any of that so um, it's a kind of a mixed method you know we reach out but we also have lots of calls coming in for for all sorts of presentations and programs there's going to be people who just no I, I, I just don't want anybody else in there but teachers mm -hmm. and there might be some people who say look just just teach my kids math just teach them mm -hmm. just teach them science mm -hmm. you know teach them history this isn't for that that's what our education system is for what what do you say to those people hmm. I think that we have to consider that even if it's not necessarily important for your family it might be important for another and so if we we talked about this on Monday the danger of the single story if we say you know this is only for me or this is not only for me and we think very linear about it we get stuck in that and we find things that help validate that, that single story. Whereas if we think a little bit more open-heartedly of there might be families who do need this. And there are. There are families. 400 children we supported, children and youth under the age of 18 last year in 2022. Um, that is a lot of children. It's a lot of children. It's a lot of teenagers. Um, so if we're only thinking single story, then we're leaving out families that could potentially use this help. And as much as parents don't ever want to think this will happen to their child or youth, it could. Um, sexual violence knows no discrimination. It just happens at the hands of someone who chooses to perpetrate it. So wouldn't we want to have our child, our children, our teenagers equipped with the knowledge that if it does, they know what to do? Um, how come I haven't heard about this? Why, about how about, this impacted us? Yes. That's, yeah, so uh, I think we, you know, Tammy and I and, and us at the center, we kind of spent the first bit of the fall just grappling with it. Um, maybe it won't last as long. Maybe they, it will get lifted. We were also liaising with our Saskatchewan ministry funder. Um, and really ensuring that we were following kind of some mandates within that too. So we were having some big conversations behind the scenes about how to approach it. Um, so we did decide just last week to share a series of Facebook posts um, that advocate for our concerns and, and why this is an issue for an organization. So I really encourage folks to go take a look at our Facebook page and read through some of that. 
Uh, we also have drafted a significant letter to um, Colleen Young, um, Rosemary Falk, Shannon Stubbs, Garth Rosewell, Premier Scott Moe, and then the Minister of Education, Jeremy Cockrell, all received our letter um, about 10 days ago, so two weeks ago by the time this airs. And we've heard some really positive responses so far and have uh, a couple of meetings in place to have conversations at the government level about it as well. Okay, there, there will be some people who say you can't creak that door open because the people who started this will come right back in. Mm -hmm. And the people, who, they'll say the people who started this one way or the other, whether it was accidental or whether sure. it was a, a mistake or whether it was on purpose, somehow it happened. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're going to say, if you creep the door open a little bit, mm -hmm. like, wh what do you say to those people who, like, it, it's almost like you're saying, well, we just need an exemption. Is that what you're looking for, is an exemption? I don't think I'm looking for an exemption. I think, I, I think we need to understand that hmm, mistakes can happen. Um, and every organization is going to have to cope with the repercussions of, of any mistake that's made. And, and you know, Elsass just wants to focus on what we do best, which is speak about sexual violence. Um, we are not a sex educator, so we don't teach on sexual health in that sense. Um, we don't teach on topics like Planned Parenthood or pregnancy prevention or anything like that. That's not in our wheelhouse. So if you know, we are missing that opportunity to focus on consent and violence prevention. And that's what we're mandated to do. That's what both governments fund us to do. Um, so I, you know, I think sometimes we need to take a little bit of, if you want to call it a risk and, and open the door again. Um, but again, I put it back to the kids and the teenagers that need to hear this information and aren't right now. And they deserve to have that door opened. Um, have you received a response back from any of those? Yes, we do. We've have we've got a couple of meetings booked. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So people watching this, uh, and 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 they're saying, you know what? I, I think I think we're missing something. I mm -hmm. think people, I think these people need to get back into schools. I mm -hmm. think they have an important job to do. We do. What can they do? What can those people who do want to support you? We are encouraging anybody who feels a call to share their voice about this issue that we're experiencing to write Colleen Young and Premier Scott Moe. Um, our Facebook posts are really outlining a lot of what we've talked about today uh, and linking to their email addresses as well. So um, just writing our government, letting them know LSAS needs to be back into schools. Uh, sharing our posts throughout their circles would be excellent as well. I think that is, is just a huge amount of support that LSAS would be very grateful for. Is there anything else, Heather, that you want uh, people to know? I think we already addressed if you... If you, if you have any questions, you mentioned your door is open. Our door is open. We love touring people. You know, you and I got to tour the center on Monday. Um, we think it's great when folks bring their whole families in and kids can see what this center is all about. And, you know, Michelle Lake has hand-painted some amazing murals in yep. this space. And um, it's very comfortable. It's very inviting. We want people to understand that this really is a true gem in our community. Um, it's a needed space. So come ask questions, meet our team, look at some of our resources that we bring into schools. We would be happy to share that with anybody. It's interesting because I, I got the tour from you mm -hmm. and I know that you're fundraising to kind of save the building. Yeah. Right? Like the basement <laughs> needs to work and that's where Jody Herbis uh, yes. comes in. Yeah. And uh, I think 
to put it in perspective, like, I think you really have to see the building before you understand that. You do. Why, like, I think there's a lot of people who say, well, wouldn't it be easier? Wouldn't you love to have a brand new building? Like, mm. you could be somewhere in Lloyd because they have all these empty buildings that mm -hmm. they've built now and they're empty. But I looked at it when you, you, you toured me around. I looked at it as if you were leaving your home and you looked in the yard and went, there's the tree where my kid yes. fell out of. There's oh a gosh, there's Kurt. where the cat is buried, <laughs> right? That's exactly what it would feel like. You know, um, we've been in this building now for 20 years. I've been here for 14 of those years. The renovations that have been done since 2015-16 and the community support that has been embedded in these walls is is something that would be devastating to leave behind. Jody and his team have, de have just done such a fantastic job supporting our vision to create this space for survivors of sexual violence. And the plan for Little Bear's Den in our, our quote unquote dungeon, the basement, yeah. the foundation is just wonderful too. You know, it's an extra space for kids to heal. Um, and it's it truly needs to to be on the mend and to create this, It's a, the buildings, um, going to be 100 in 27. Um, so what a historic place that has been able to to be renovated and, and used for such an amazing purpose. I couldn't end, Heather, without saying if you are experiencing sexual abuse, how do you get a hold of the... Uh, they can call us at 306-825-8255 during business hours, or they can visit our website for more information as well. That We are welcome to walk-ins and crisis calls anytime. Do we get a, do we, did we forget anything? I don't think so. I might think of something, you know, 2 a.m. The, the thought pops <laughs> into my head. Um, but yeah, folks can reach out. We are, we are open. We are, are ready to, to support in any way. And again, parents, caregivers, any concerns, please call us. We would be happy to talk about it. Paul couldn't even find the place. We were no, coming in. He had to phone it's me. confidential. Like, I have no idea where it is. So, <laughs> no, fair enough. Thank we'll walk you. you through it. Thank you, Heather. Th thanks for having me. We'll see you again uh, tomorrow. We're back with you tomorrow morning at 11 a.m.